I think a lot of times in the personal finance space, people talk at you versus remembering where they came from. Like the, the further you get from the hard times, the easier it is to forget. And I really want to empower people to make money online selling what they already know. Uh, we have the internet, we have all this power at the tips of our fingers. And I think a lot of people way overthink how that looks as that is one of the things I'm really focused on. And then the third thing is to inspire people to make more money. You are listening to the Purpose of Money podcast, a podcast where we talk about ways to build wealth and create more freedom in your life today. I am your host, Aquania Escarnet. Hey, hey guys, welcome back to the Purpose of Money podcast. I'm so excited this week. We have special guest, Michelle Jackson. Michelle runs the website and podcast, Michelle is Money Hungry. Her primary focus is to help empower her community of blog readers and podcast listeners to monetize what they already know and live their best life. Michelle, welcome to the show. I'm so glad Thank to you have so you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm just excited to talk to your audience and hopefully get them inspired. Yes. Today we're going to talk about self-publishing books which is something Michelle has done on more than one occasion. She is an author. And I asked her to share some of these tips because I personally have been battling with myself on how soon should I get my story out there and how should I get a book out there. And a lot of people ask these same questions. They're wondering what's the best way to go about it. So before we dive into that conversation, let's first learn a little bit more about you. Okay, so hi everyone. My name is Michelle Jackson. I am a blogger and podcaster. I actually run two very different projects. One is about Colorado. It's called Square State, and uh, there's a blog and podcast for that. And then this project that I'm focused on that I'm sharing with you guys today is called Michelle is Money Hungry. And the primary focus are three things. One is really helping people to design their best lives because other people won't do it for you. <laughs> to empower people with money and do that in an empathetic way. I think a lot of times in the personal finance space, people talk at you versus remembering where they came from. Like the, the further you get from the hard times, the easier it is to forget. And I really want to empower people to make money online selling what they already know. Uh, we have the internet, we have all this power at the tips of our fingers. And I think a lot of people way overthink how that looks. And that is one of the things I'm really focused on. And then the third thing is to inspire people to make more money. When I chose the name Michelle is Money Hungry, that was the second name of this project after several years. So I started the the project under a totally different name, which I'm not going to mention because it's gone. Mm -hmm. And I rebranded it. And the reason why I rebranded it with, I think, a slightly, an, a name that might get a, a reaction is because I wanted to always uh, tell myself, that I'm allowed to want more. It, it's not one of those greed is good kind of situations. It's one of those, 
the, the idea is that it, you're allowed to make more money so that you can help yourself, so you can save money, so you can empower yourself financially, so that you can pay off your debt, so you can invest for your future, so you can help your family out. I've had to help out my family financially. I supported my mom and I while working at Starbucks because my mom lost her job and I was going to graduate school. So when I say this, it's not just to be like, I'm greedy. It's to be like, look, these things come into your life and you need to have money to deal with it. And so I, I had gotten very aware that we talk a lot about lower, lowering expenses as personal finance people, but we don't spend a, enough time talking about raising income. And so mm -hmm. that is why the, the, the project is called Michelle is Money Hungry. I'm from Colorado and I know that's weird, which is why I like to share it because I'm African-American. Uh, the mayor's been black, but he's been reelected three times. So there, there's a lot of interesting stuff about that. And that's why I started the website, a square state as well. And when I'm not doing the stuff that I'm doing, I, you can find me either traveling once the Rona is gone <laughs> uh, <laughs> or I'm in the mountains hiking, skiing, camping. I, I do all the things. So yeah. I definitely feel your pain. I'm an avid traveler and my first three trips for 2020 were all canceled one oh. month after another. And I am really striking out. I am adjusting. I've tried to do staycations in the midst of Corona, but I actually only did that one last weekend. I took an hour and a half drive with my family to a house that I rented where we could sit there and stay in the house yeah. all day. But we had <laughs> movie night and we cooked and we just disconnected. So there is something to be said about change of scenery. So I can appreciate the pain or I can empathize with you on the fact that you haven't been able to travel, but times will change. Things will get better. I want to know more about your first book. So tell me, what's it called? Where do we find it? And how did you do it? So I run a academy called Make Money with Ebooks Academy, and I also run a course with the same name. And I actually wrote my first book, which was, I, I want to say time up. Oh God, now I'm going to have to think about this. It's about moving to Denver, actually. And it is not the book that kicked off everything, but I made money with it. And it was very straightforward. I found that people were asking me a lot of questions about Colorado and I got tired of answering them. <laughs> and I was like, I'm tired of you. I need to do something so that I don't always have to answer these freaking questions. And if I make money, great. And so I wrote down like all the questions that I was getting. And then I, I just wrote a book and I thought of all the things that I would want to know if I were going to move to a new city, even though I, I live here now, I've lived in other places. So I've lived in France, I've lived in Canada, I've lived in Japan as a kid. I've traveled quite a bit. So I wasn't unfamiliar with the notion of if I were going to move to a new place, like what are the things that I, I care about? And so I wrote a book addressing all the things I could think of and I put it online and I sold it on Gumroad actually, which I think is a great platform. It has pluses and minuses, but it's a great platform where you are basically in charge of 
everything with that. Like you, you just get it on there and you sell it. And I would, every once in a while, people would purchase the book. They still purchase the book. I need to update it because uh, there's things that have changed since I originally wrote the book. And I've actually changed that book from Gumroad to Amazon. I really love that book because it made me understand that I could put something out there and that it would help people. My first real book though was The Biggest Snail in the World and I wrote that in second grade. <laughs> and money was on my mind then too because the snail had two babies and two giant tunnels in her body, one for a gold tunnel and one for silver. So actually this other book was like my second book. <laughs> okay. Um, but I write both <laughs> I write both fiction and nonfiction books and I decided to write a fiction book because I really liked romances. And I should say in 2018, I decided to implement all of the online ways of making money that I was personally intrigued by. And my thought was either it would work or wouldn't. And I think most people get really stuck on thinking about all the reasons why it won't work and they won't implement anything. And it makes me crazy. <laughs> so because you can't learn if you don't implement. As infants, we start walking, we crawl, and then we walk and we stand up and we fall and we stand up and we fall. It's the same thing with any skill. And writing a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, quite honestly, it's the same thing. So I decided to try all of these different um, things and I wrote this fiction book. And the reason why I did was this romance book. I was like, I'm reading these books online and I can do just the same, uh, just as good a job. And, and there are stories that I want to see with people who look like me in them. Now that may not be your motivation because again, fiction and nonfiction books are very different. Mm -hmm. But for me as a woman of color, I was like, I read across genres. Like I'm one, I'm a prolific reader. My mom started me when I was like itty bitty, but she had me like playing reading with the Wall Street Journal. Serious. She was not playing around. And I started school in Japan as a small child. I'm an only child. And so with only children, most parents will try to like get you acclimated to people. <laughs> so they want you to be able to, to, you know, connect with people. So a lot of times what they'll do, those parents will do is put you in school, like really young, like preschool and stuff. So I started school in Japan really like young, like two, two and a half, not all week, but a couple mm -hmm. hours a day, a couple times a week. And so her focus was really on reading. My mom's focus was reading, getting me to read and she loved it. And quite honestly, again, I'm a person of color, like being able to read for many years was illegal. <laughs> so I think that part of why this was so important to my mom was one, she knew how many people were trying to keep people of color from learning and being educated and to read, but also because stories were the way that my mom escaped a really hard home life. And so for her, the written word was really powerful and she, she passed that love on to me. So when I wrote this story, I was like, I want to pick a genre that's lucrative and romance in general is lucrative. But I was like, I want to pick something that's lucrative and I want to write stories that I want to read. I'm not into, there's all these different genres and there were certain genres. I was like, I don't understand 
why this is a thing and why this is so popular and it's it doesn't fit me but it didn't mean that genre wasn't relevant and it, it just meant that i needed to write something for other for the women like me who also happen happen to be of color or not who were like we want to see your characters so i wrote the book and the first month i wrote my book and published it i made 540 dollars and that was a big deal to me because my mortgage is 595 dollars i live in a really nice area i just bought a really awkward property but that's another conversation anyway and so for me i was like oh wait snap that was my almost my mortgage that was two months of groceries that was six months of a a different service that was like something i really noticed because i'd made money with the other book but 540 bucks i was like oh wait a minute this is something maybe i make 500 bucks every month that's still that's a car payment that's a student loan payment for people with big student loans that's like money that you could save for an overseas trip because that's six thousand dollars in a year can i just back up for a second because i want listeners to understand the dynamics of what you're saying and how powerful it is the book you wrote about Colorado was purely based on the fact that a lot of people kept asking you the same questions. So it's equivalent to doing market research, even though at the time you yes. probably weren't even thinking that. Doing market research, realizing that there's a demand. Everyone keeps asking these same questions about Colorado. And I am living here, breathing it, loving it. Let me talk about it. So the fact that you even thought to get past answering people's questions all the time for free and actually monetizing it is really powerful. And you did mention like that is one of the things you're trying to do on your platform is encourage people to monetize the stuff they know really well. And you knew Colorado really well enough to write a book about it and people were interested enough to buy it. But I also like the fact that you, once you mastered the skill or at least enough that you knew you could do it, then you started to explore what personally drives you, which is I want to read stuff similar to what I'm interested in by people of color like me and storylines that I like. I think that's important and I think that it's bold. And the fact that you also connected it to, hey, this could actually pay my bills. This is not, a, this could be more than a hobby. So let's talk about more of that feeling for you. The fact that you were bold enough to write it and then to publish it. Did you have any challenges? It sounds like it went really well. You put it out and you made a lot of money your first month, but were there any setbacks that you had to work through? No, because the mindset's always the biggest challenge. So if my mind, and I should mention that Colorado book was published like a year or two before this. Okay. So it wasn't like back to back. It was just, I published it. I, in fact, I think it was 2017 when I published that book. And then in 2018, I was like, okay, I'm going to try all these different things. Cause I tried a lot of stuff. The mindset for everything is the biggest hurdle. So mindset for paying off your bills, mindset for being bold, mindset for trying to earn more. Once you get the mindset going, you're fine. I think people will with books, like publishing creative content, whether it's a fiction or nonfiction book, because again, I do both. You may think, what if I get bad reviews? You will definitely get bad reviews because people have opinions. So it just is what it is. 
what if no one buys it? Then you have to rework why, why is it that people aren't buying it? Are you positioning it the right way? Is it, the, is, does it have the right cover? Does it have the right title? Does it have the right keywords in the description? Do you understand how people search for content on all these websites, which are basically search engines? Do you understand what search engines are? And I, because of all the blogging and stuff, I understood that when I sold my products, I understood search engine optimization and basically the words that I wanted to use or should use to drive people organically to my product. So when I made that 500 bucks, I didn't pay for marketing. I still don't, I hardly pay to market my books because they've been like one of the things that, cause I make money in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. So I believe that it's important to try and make money selling things before you start to pay with Facebook ads and stuff like that. And the reason why is you get a much better feel for what people are looking for, how they find you. You have a lot more conversations with people about your products and that could be for anything. It could be for your coaching, your course, your whatever. You, I, I just feel like a lot of people think, Ooh, I'm going to drop this product and then use Facebook ads and that's it. And I think that your Facebook ads actually aren't going to be as, they're not going to convert as well because you don't know how to sell without the ads. So Mm. a lot of my friends now are doing quite well selling things, but they spend a lot of time before they drop cash on ads, having a lot of organic conversations with people. So now, because I've spent time doing things, what I do converts better because I know what I need to do. And I've talked to enough people. So now I'm a lot more comfortable with the idea of, yeah, I totally would pay for Facebook ads or AMS ads if you're on Amazon or both, because I will understand who I'm targeting versus just throwing spaghetti on the wall and just seeing what happens. To me, those stories where, you know, an entrepreneur knocks on a door, each door trying to sell a thing. And that's the market research. And that's the face-to-face contact that you need even with digital products. So what I would say is the biggest hurdle for anyone is mindset. I love that. I love that. And I like the fact that you made it very clear beyond the market research, it has to be good content and it has to sell itself organically before, or you recommend it sells itself organically before you start paying money for ads. Cause you'll have real genuine buyers who have connected with you and your material and they're buying it because they want to support you or they need whatever it is that you're selling. And they found that it would be useful for them. So I really like that. And I think that's a very important aspect to highlight because like you said, so many people are so quick to pay for ads because they think I just need visibility. I just need Facebook to put it in front of somebody and then they're going to buy it. But I agree with you that you want to have an organic following anyway, because when you connect with a buyer the first time, if they really like the product, they'll be with you and they'll follow you. So the next product and the next product, they'll continue to support. So I I like that. I think that's great. Thanks for sharing. And I should, oh, you're welcome. And I should say that first book, in my opinion, is one of my, is my worst book. But that first book has made me the most money. So if I hadn't put that book out there, I wouldn't at this point, again, this was something I haven't focused on as a primary focus. And I think by the end of this year, I don't know, it's hard to say because I'm earning more at 
now I have more data and I think I'm going to earn significantly more than I did last year. So I'm making a lot more money, but if I hadn't started, I wouldn't even have the data to know what not to do and what to do, you know? Yeah, no, so. that makes a lot of sense. So can you get into the specifics of how you go about it. So you dedicate your time and effort to writing a book. How long would you say it took you, since I know it varies, but how long did it take you to write your first or your second book between the idea to the publishing? And how did you actually get it out to the market? Are you using particular apps like Canva or are you printing at a print shop? Like, how's this working? So I should say, I don't have any physical like books. I don't do, right now I'm not doing print on demand. I'm a little earth friendly. So I just don't see the need for that for romances. For my nonfiction that will change because people do like to purchase physical copies of nonfiction books. And for that, I'm fine with doing like a print on demand. This is just my own personal philosophy, but quite honestly, I love eBooks. I think they're fast, they're easier to get out there. I think if you can't get an ebook out, you're never going to get a print on demand out <laughs> because it's just, it's, there's no barrier to entry. It makes it's just the easiest thing you can do. I tend to be fast. Even back then I was fast with that first book. It took me 23 hours to write that book, that romance book, because I know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> and so the, the, the longer I, I mess around, the longer it is between me and getting something out there that can make me money. So I don't have time to be playful with this. Like I, it's a business and I'm trying to do a thing and it has, it serves a purpose. Likewise with my nonfiction books right now, I have a nonfiction book that just released. I have to fix it, which is fine, but I pushed myself on it. And the reason why is I have a lot of content. I can leverage that book in that book is unironically named time to visit Denver. And <laughs> at the time of recording this, it's a pandemic, but I had planned that book prior to the pandemic. And what I did, because it's a digital book, is I thought about all the things that people would need to, like I was already going to publish this book anyway, but I tweaked the content of, so that it's relevant to now. So mm -hmm. things like where to go to the bathroom, that's a big thing. We used to have bathrooms everywhere you could go anywhere, right? That's not the case anymore. You, you can't just pop into places. Our restaurants just opened up to in-person dining at 50%. What does that mean? Where do you go if you're into that? I am not, but I'm willing to eat on a patio. Denver has a huge patio culture. Knowing about where the patios are and which ones are open, that's all relevant now. So when I was crafting out my book, I was like, what do people need to know like right now, like real time? And the cool thing about a digital book is I can upload a new manuscript, if you will, tomorrow. So I can update it really quickly. So if there's an issue, so say, in fact, this happened once I uploaded the unedited manuscript for a book and, and they read it and they were like, it's got problems. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> so I got a bad review, which was fine. I uploaded it. And I was like, thank you so much to the person who let me know about this accidentally uploaded the, the unedited copy. I appreciate you. That's it. Boom. We're done. And people uh -huh. buy that book all the time. So I think that what people need to understand is if you build it, 
they will come if it makes sense. Now, if I was writing a book like Time to Visit Denver, but nothing addresses what's happening now, that makes no sense. You have to be nimble with your content if it's nonfiction. If it's fiction, you just have to understand what people are wanting in the genres that you're writing in. If you're wanting to share a story, like a personal story or something that's like a mission driven, as long as your mission is still important to you and, and, and is relevant, get it out there. Like, uh, it just makes me crazy that people wait because back in the, actually, even now, you have to go for a traditional publishing, a traditionally published book, you have to go through gatekeepers in order to get someone to validate your idea. With self-publish, think about it. That you don't just sit, send a manuscript and they're like, "Yes, we love it. This is great." That does, that's, that's not how it works. Look. But that's not how it works. You have to first of all get through the the secretary, right? Who goes through the manuscripts. Then you then she's like, "Yes, no," and then she forwards it to the next person before it even gets to the person who does the editing and publish. Like before they would even connect with you it might go through three people so i don't have time to wait for you to validate me i'm not going to do that i have an audience of people who who validate what i'm doing and even before i did in the genre the genres that i write in i could see that they were valid because there were other books in them so what i would say is if you're wondering if your content is valid Yes, but then also do some research. Look to see if there are other books about that. Do you know how many books there are about money? Tons of books about, thousands and thousands, millions of books about money. How many books there are uh, about people, like individual people, autobiographies? But how many books are there with a black girl in young adult dystopian novels? Not as many. And there are a lot of us who love that kind of genre. So I have to write that book. I don't have time for you to validate that because clearly people haven't been, which is why I don't see myself on those books. I love right? it. Yes. So I'm you not don't waiting. Need anyone else to validate you. I don't. A quote to live by. And I think it's very important advice. So how do you decide the pricing for your books? I have a hard and fast rule that I will never price my books less than a cup of coffee, ever. And if you cannot afford at least $2.99 for my book, just keep the stepping. That's all right. That's fine. I like that. You know, so for my fiction books in particular, they're $2.99 to $3.99. For my nonfiction books, there's one that I'm about to edit. I unironically called how to host an in-person event. <laughs> and I actually have all of these interviews that I recorded right before that book's published, but I had added some, I had recorded a whole bunch of podcast interviews with huge event planners, right? In February. And we did actually a couple of those interviews, we did talk about coronavirus, but I'm adding that audio content, like links to that audio content. I have to add maybe one more piece where I talk about, cause I've hosted in-person events, international events where people from overseas have come here. So that book is going to be a lot more than what I'm charging now. Cause I'm gonna have all that audio from actual event planners of events like podcast movement. That's a huge event. And to have an hour hours worth of content from the guy who runs that you need to pay more. 
my friend Sandy Smith runs the Elevate Influencer. It's a event. It's still pretty new. It's an event for people of color and the personal finance space, specifically influencers. And so she spoke with me for an hour for that book. And it would not make sense for me to have five different event planners, like people who host these events, five hours worth of content that could save people a lot of money, a lot of heartache, a lot of mistakes, and not charge accordingly. So that book is probably going to be like $19.99 easily, maybe even $29.99. Why? Because I got all that information that you would have to pay a lot of money to be in front of those people for them to coach you on what you would need to do to run a, a good event. It really depends on what you're trying to do, what you have in the book, what is the problem that it solves for people if it's nonfiction. You have to play around with it. So I could charge that kind of money for the book and then people could be like, oh my God, and then, okay, I'll get the feedback and I can make, I can make adjustments. So I think the other thing to remember is it's not all set in stone. Like you make the decision and then you adjust just like with anything in life. So if I sit there, I'm like, you know what? I'm charging $29.99 for that book. And the more I think about it, the more that's probably what it's going to be. In the blurb, you communicate why, like what the value is that people are getting. And then you sell it. And then you see what happens. And then if people are like, yo, that's a lot of money. I don't think it is. I ran an in-person event for the first time and that was a $10,000 event. Okay. I had to make money on that event. I could not lose money on that event because I've been in a personal finance journey. I'm at the tail end of paying off debt. I could not add debt to my journey, period. Like it was non-negotiable. If someone had a $29 book for me to make sure that, that I could have purchased to make sure that I don't screw everything up for a $10,000 event, heck yeah. You have to understand what you're bringing to people and you have to be 100% confident about it. So. How I'm talking now about my pricing and my book and the value that I bring is very different than even if you talked to me a year ago or a year, two years ago, because I had to have small wins over and over again in order to build the confidence. And I think this is important for people to remember. Like, you don't, some people come out of the womb confident. But it might, like, they're, like, confident about everything. But most of us are in the middle. Like, you, we, you have to have the small wins over and over again. And then you have a loss, and you're like, oh, God, this is so horrible. This is so... And then you, like, have five more wins, and then you're like, oh, God. I like, it's a back and forth. And so if you don't have that experience of winning and having small wins over and over again, you can never build the confidence you need to not give a crap. I would say another word, but I don't think we cuss on this show. <laughs> so my show, I cuss, but occasionally. So it's really important for me to get people to understand this. Have I had bad reviews? Absolutely. I actually published books during the pandemic. Do you know how bad that pandemic, especially in the beginning, was for creativity. It killed my creativity. But I had these books that had to get out because I set a goal for them and I got them out. I can fix them or choose not, to be honest. The, I wrote a whole series of books about the Olympics. I was working a strategy and guess what? The Olympics are not happening. Okay, so I have this whole series of books about the freaking Olympics and this year they're not happening. And when I told someone about this, I was like, yeah, like, 
that's a bummer. <laughs> and, and, and they were like, are you going to unpublish them? I'm like, hell no, I'm not unpublishing them. Why? Because there's going to be an Olympics in the future. Right. So I focused on summer Olympics in the, the series. Now I'm going to add probably not now, like I have two more books to finish that series, but sometime in the fall, I'll write one or two, maybe three books to add to it with winter sports. And then I'll tweak the covers, whatever. And then whenever the Olympics come again, those books will sell. I won't have to work. I will not have to write that because I'm ready. So that's the other thing too. It's like the more you do, like the more you put out your books or the more you put out your blog content or the more you put out your YouTube videos, the more you do, the more you create a back stock of items, of, of content, of things that you can leverage in different ways. So I the more that. books that I have now, the more I can play around with them because there, there's different things I can do. So for my nonfiction books, I have a series of books, two or three, two, at least two books about podcasting. I am now writing a lot more content about podcasting. Why? Because I really love podcasting and I've been a podcast mentor for, this is now the second year in a row for a program that is being hosted here in Denver at a co-working space for podcasters. So the, the community is called House of Pod and the program is called Amped. And it's basically a program to help nurture women of color in the podcasting space. It's an incredible program to be a part of. It's great that it's in Denver because there's like how many black people and Hispanics and Asians, there's not many of us. And so we've got this really cool program. They even have childcare. So if we meet in person, there's a nanny to, so that people can still participate and they have someone watching their kids. It's an amazing program. But as I do more things like that, as I speak at like podcast movement, like I did last year to standing room only, that is content and I need to put it in a book and leverage it in more than one way so that I'm making more money. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is right now, I don't wear my personal finance hat right now. It is. We are, I don't want to talk about semantics, okay? We have 40, 40 million people who have lost their jobs. 40 million people. Of that 40 million, they are thinking that about 40% of those jobs are not coming back, okay? 40%, that's 16 million jobs. If you have a skill, a book, a story, a, a, just anything that you can sell online and start bringing in money, you have to. You have to take care of yourself. So for me, I have money coming. I've been working at this for a while, but can I tell you that I feel vindicated about focusing on how to bring in money separate from a nine to five? And by the way, I don't have a nine to five. I'm, I'm my boss. I'm an entrepreneur now. I have been for several years, but for me, I didn't want to sell physical products. I wanted to do everything digitally so that if I were in Bora or in, you know, Colombia or in Iceland, I would always have money coming in. And those small amounts add up over time. So maybe you make a hundred bucks a month. Maybe that's your coffee habit. Maybe you make a hundred bucks a month and that pays for your services to build a platform, such as a, a podcast, so you're not out of pocket. And as you grow your podcast that you're, you're making this little money, 
And then you get in front of people who find you because you wrote this book and you end up getting a traditional publish, traditional publishing deal because they're like, wow, we saw that you wrote this book and we read it and we were really impressed. And we think you could do this for us in this traditional situation. Or maybe you can leverage, I have a friend who wrote a book called Make Money Your Honey, my friend Amanda Abea, she's hilarious, Latina. And she um, self-published her book. She never has had someone come up to her and go, hey, have you, did you like self-publish or, or like traditionally publish your book? She's never had a reader do that to her. You know what that book has done though? That's, that book has opened doors for her. It's helped other people. It's helped her leverage her brand. It's helped her earn more money with speaking gigs. She does corporate events. Why? Because she was bold enough to put it out there. So for those of you who are trying to have permission to do a thing, you just have to give yourself permission to do the thing and get out of your own way. Absolutely. I love it. So before we leave the show today, can you please tell listeners how they can find you? How do we connect with Michelle is money hungry? So definitely you can find me on at michelleismoneyhungry.com for my website and podcast. The podcast is on Stitcher, Apple, and all the networks. You can find me for the podcast. It's Michelle is money hungry. You can follow me on Instagram at Michelle is Money Hungry on Twitter, which I'm actually very active on. I'm on Twitter at Mitch Loves Money, M-I-C-H Loves Money. Definitely, I love connecting with people. I want you to win. I want you to be bold. I want you to take risks. Don't live in the shadows when you don't have to. I don't want you to not be bold because it's scary. Life is scary. There's no guarantees. And if anything, this pandemic, we are, you guys, we are living in a pandemic. <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around the fact that it is 2020 and this is something I have to deal with. So as long as I, I wake up each day and I'm healthy, nothing else matters. I agree with you. I can't agree with you more. Thank you so much. I appreciate all the guidance you shared about self-publishing, becoming an author, monetizing the things that you know and getting it out there. And I am an avid believer that we are all meant to create something special and unique just for us. And there are people waiting for you. So if you're someone out there who's been thinking about a book for a long time, I promise you there's someone who's been waiting to read it. And they probably need to hear what you have to say now more than ever. So stop delaying, stop procrastinating, get to writing, typing, creating, yes. do what it is that you were brought here to do because we all have a purpose. And I really want to see everyone thrive. And so does Michelle. She is yes. offered to help, to support. And check out her blog, guys. Check out her podcast. She's giving you a lot of gems that you can definitely use to get yourself to the next level financially and personally. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and don't forget everyone, I do have the Make Money with Ebooks Academy. It's incredibly affordable. So it's a very affordable way to get the support you need to get your books out there. So yeah. Appreciate it. Check it out, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Purpose of Money podcast. For more resources and information, check out my website, thepurposeofmoney.com. And while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter so you have the latest information on new episodes and blog posts. Until next time, keep creating freedom in your life today.